I'm Jason Klaus. And you know as well as anybody that in this day and age, and no matter where you look, there's something negative happening. There's something that is bringing us down. There is something that is causing us roadblocks on our journey of life. What if I told you I had five simple reminders that would inspire us and motivate us to have a better day each and every day? That's what we're going to talk about on Friday night, November the 12th. It will be on that night that I return to Lapeer, Michigan in an entertainment endeavor for the first time in over 20 years. But no, I'm not going to be stepping into a wrestling ring. I'm not going to be wearing tights and boots. Instead, I'm going on stage for a one-man motivational stage show. It's Klaus to the Heart Live, and it happens live from the Pix Theater in downtown Lapeer, Michigan. So join me for a night of fun, for a night of inspiration, and something that could get you back on the right path. And more importantly, these five simple reminders to shove all of that negativity out of your day. And it all goes down beginning at 7 p.m. with a special acoustic musical performance from local singer-songwriter Todd Gilbert. It's Klaus to the Heart Live, and it goes down Friday night, November 12th. The Pix Theater in downtown Lapeer, Michigan. Advanced tickets will be available beginning Friday, October the 15th, but you can still buy your tickets at the door the night of the show. Join me as I come home. The following is a Klaus to the Heart presentation as a part of the Jackal Creations Podcast Network and has been rated M for, for mature audiences only. Some material and dialogue may not be suitable for members of the family under 18 years of age. Two longtime friends with a seemingly ignorant amount of free time. And uh, we are recording. I'm just going to hit the record button now. Have decided to start their own podcast. I mean, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, it can only get better, right? <laughs> <clears throat> Unique. This is their show. No format, no filter. My cup of tea, Mr. Burgett. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to call bullshit right out of the gate. Because... Jackal Creation Podcast presents Jason Klaus and Jim Burgett. This is Tea Time. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to Tea Time. Here is a part of the Jackal Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Fire it up, baby! Let's go! <clears throat> well, as you can see, Jim Burgett is 
ripping and raring to go here this week. I'm Jason Hey, I'm on clouds 9, 10, 11 on up. It don't stop. Does that have something to do with the concoction that you have in, in your... Uh, is that a pink cup tea? Well, you could say it's between salmon, pink, and orange, depending on what kind of lighting you have. I was going to say salmon, so that's pretty funny that you said <laughs> I'm still oh. celebrating a great weekend, T. You, you bagged yourself another one. I did, and it was a beauty, baby. What was it, an eight-point you said it, it was? It was an eight-point, yes, sir. Well, talk us through it, man. What? How How did it all, all go down? Well, it started with me almost falling asleep, okay? Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're off Picture to a good it. start here. Picture it, Sicily, 1939. <laughs> <laughs> man it was well you know we've been getting rain and the weather was still kind of warm last week and then all of a sudden thursday night the bottom just dropped out right then temperatures dropped like 15 20 degrees and it was cold friday morning so much so that the steam was coming you could see the steam it was it was just a perfect setup um, duck and goose season started not too long ago, so the neighbors were teeing off like it was <gasps> four or three. Yep, quack, fucking quack, and honk, honk. Great. And yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I ain't gonna lie. I started dozing off. I got out there super early. I was sitting by like ten after six, and it don't get light until almost eight o'clock. You know, right. well. You know, so I was I was hunkering down and I was ready to go the distance, man. So they started shooting like the geese were going. And then all of a sudden, you know, I started dozing off a little bit. Well, it happens. Anybody that's been hunting, if they've said they've never fallen asleep in the blind, they're fucking lying. It's nature, bitch. You're going to fall asleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's nature, bitch. So then all of a sudden I saw something move and it was straight ahead of me and I couldn't quite tell what it was. I just saw the brown and then all of a sudden I saw horns come over the little hill on the path on the way back. I'm like, wow, he looks pretty big. So he kept coming, kept coming closer, kept coming. I'm like, okay, this is all a good thing. I put, put my crossbow on the rail. I'm looking at his horns. He's getting closer. There's another big deer right behind him. That was a doe. And he started veering off a little bit on my angle. So he was kind of broadside, but on an angle. And then it got all quiet. And then the neighbors started shooting again. I'm like, no. You know, I'm like, he's going to go. Like, he's going to take off. So I grabbed my grunt call. I put it in my mouth. And I'm just waiting for him to get closer. And he's walking closer. He's walking. Finally, it was now or never. I let her fly, man. I hit him right in that shoulder, spun him around, and then he took off. He took off down the path he came in. And I was like, I saw the arrow stick in, so I knew it was a good one. And I got my shit together. I called my sister right away, told her what happened. And then I got it together. I got down. I started walking. And I saw him, and he dropped right on the path. Like, he went 30 yards and went no farther. 
and he was down. And then it wasn't shortly after you that that I texted you the pictures. Yeah. Man, dude, I got a video. I was going to send it to you when we had the pre-call here, and I forgot to. We got talking about other stuff. But, man, my hands are shaking. My heart was racing more. But I did so good up until after I shot him because I knew I got him good, you know. But it's one of them, for me, one of those lifetime bucks, man. They just, he came in, that weather changed, and he was on a mission, dude. And, whoo, he, uh, he was over 200 pounds. He dressed out at 156. And uh, that's that's some good meat right there. So we're going to really be eating good and um i'm gonna gonna get a shoulder mount done out of him because he's that big so i'm pretty happy man yeah my first like last year i got an eight point but he was no near the size of this one this is a different breed you know so right in fact i've got this deer on camera from last year he was a six point same same guy and everything so he got a little wider got a little taller and Man, it was just, I can't, I can't, Friday, I was just on adrenaline all, all day. And when I crashed, man, that was it. I was done. But man, just a, just a great feeling to finally get one of the big ones, you know? Well, I'm happy for you. I I could tell how, how excited you were about it, you know, based on the, um, the pictures that you had sent, the text messaging that, you know, we, we were doing back and forth. So I'm very happy for you, man. I Thank know you. That- I, man, I still, I still can't believe it, you know, but yeah, we could do. All good things come to those who wait, right? Or shoot straight. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was from a movie. I, I don't, I know you probably haven't seen it. It's an old, uh, hunting cult classic jeff daniels did it called escanaba in the moonlight moonlight. yeah have you seen it i've I've watched it yeah oh have you it was actually a play first right but yeah uh i've seen it because it was filmed up in the up and it's such beautiful country up there it's i mean it's like a whole nother world really it is so yeah i i saw it. it 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 was cool yeah, they got cougar sightings up there now. Is that right? Yeah, but usually you can find them at the bar around 10 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> uh, what what do they call that? Wid- Wid- Widow's Weekend or something? Hunt- it was Hunt- Widow's Widow. Weekend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you got to watch out for, for them two-legged ones. The yeah. four-legged, you can <laughs> deal with this those two-legged ones that really wreak havoc on you <laughs> and on the woman apparently <laughs> oh great Woo, we're fired up here tonight boy and it's only monday it, yeah we yeah look man i was uh i'm pleasantly surprised and happy that we're getting this done early this week um, it's going to really reduce the amount of stress on me because T, you know, I, if you, I, well, not you, cause I know you do, but for the listeners, man, if you're following any of our platforms on social media, on the podcast network, brother, it's, it's coming down to the wire here 
and we got a lot of shit going on all at once. And um, it would be easy to get overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm like, I've said it a thousand times across a lot of shows that, you know, instead of looking at the pie as a whole, you start, you start slicing it up and taking yeah. care of one thing at a time prioritize or what have you but in 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 this case it's all about time sensitivity right yeah. so you know um last last friday i was on on tv um with wendy mcbride washburn my co-host on wendy's world she did a phenomenal job um she was very very nervous coming in you know like most people are when you're sitting in front of those cameras but she she nailed it we we did great um then I, I caught record. it from the deer blind. What's that? Caught it from the deer blind. Did you really? Yeah, I was I was I didn't watch all of it, but I kept looking up. I had my earbuds in, kept looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down. But I, I, I did catch a few catch a few minutes of it, yeah. I thought she did very well. And yeah. uh I was very, very proud of her because I know that was a lot for her to, to do. And um you know, I had to record the show for Tuesday, the Claws to the Heart podcast, episode 99. Uh, so, yeah, I know, bro. And uh, now we're starting to put all the files in order and putting the bells and whistles on because this coming Tuesday is the 100th episode, which blows my mind. That would be tomorrow uh, since we're recording tonight, right? No, no. The what? The how we're recording this now, episode 99 will drop tomorrow. Oh, gotcha. Um, next week is the 100th. And then 10 days after that is the stage show in Lapeer. Correct. And damn, <laughs> I can't believe it's, you know, I'm like, I can see it coming. Limo's supposed to pick me up here early, take me over. Like, I should be able to... <clears throat> The bells and whistles, you know what I mean? So just make sure, you know, the doors are open. Right. Well, it's... uh. I'm through the back, right? I don't have to go through the front. Oh, you want you want the VIP entrance? Well, not, it's not that I want, but somebody you told me that it was guaranteed. But, you know, I, what do I know? I'm just, you know, support. I feel like you need to fire your agent. Like, I feel like there's a, <laughs> a lot of miscommunication going on. Like, we hear about this shit every week. Listen, he's doing a great job. There's no need. Like, he, you know, he's looking out for my best interest. If that's what you want. Yo, I said I need a refill. <laughs> my fucker don't listen. I don't even know why I'm paying the guy. Well, he brings you a salmon cup for one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh goodness uh, well, let's, very exciting uh, very exciting 100 episodes it is man and I and I realize for a lot of people that that doesn't seem like a big thing and I and I can I can understand that but for a guy that didn't think he was going to get past 10 episodes and now here we are knocking on the door of triple digits it's uh it's a pretty significant accomplishment in my book well you put a lot of work on it not like this we just come out here shoot the shit you can delete anything you want at any given time 
we just sling shit at the wall and see if it sticks. You know what I mean? This, where, where this, you know, you're putting a lot of time, effort. Your schedule's busy, you know. Tell everybody else, hey, you know, fuck off. I got shit to do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it, you know. It's a big deal. You know, so it's, it's, I have 100 episodes. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Um, but, you know, along those lines, I have told a lot of people to, well, fuck off here in the last few weeks because... Look, man, I uh, I just don't have time for the, for the bullshit and the drama and all this other stuff. And if, if if you are an individual that is constantly embroiled in that kind of activity, I I'm I'm sorry, I have no time for that. I'm too busy being awesome. I'm too busy doing shit that matters. And you know, I've learned a lot here in the last well year and a half, really. Um, what's important, what's not, who matters, who doesn't, who's got my back, who don't, and you adjust accordingly, right? So, somehow, right. by by the grace of God, you've made the cut. Um, <laughs> can I fire him? <laughs> I know, he, I know, he runs it, but can I can I fire him? No. <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so there's there's a lot of cool shit on on the horizon, and I mean, make no mistake about it, we're we're not done after after the picks. You know, that's that's just the way I'm looking at it. That's that's the tip of the iceberg. That's the starting line, and I have set. You know how how I am, T. I set a goal. I set short term goals. I set long term goals. I have now established a long-term goal it's not going to happen right now it's not going to it may not happen for another six or seven or even eight nine ten months but i have set a long-term goal and that's what i'm going to that's what i'm going to keep working towards and when i get to that point i will have considered that a success and then i will set my next goal so moving forward man hey rome wasn't built overnight right no, it certainly was not. Piece by piece, block by block, all the way to the tip top. Yep. Yep, for sure. Uh, let's talk about working our way to the top. The World Series is uh, now underway, as, as you're hearing this. The Houston Astros against the Atlanta Braves. Wow. And, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week when the L- LCSs were going on. You know, and you you had made mention that you weren't really follow, you know, following it because of everything that you've got going on. But um, I mean, it's come down to this: Atlanta, Houston, um, not the World Series matchup I was hoping for. I was uh, kind of hoping for a Boston Atlanta World Series. Um, That just was not in the cards. I feel like in that last game of the ALCS. You know, once Houston started firing on all all cylinders, Boston just kind of threw their hands up. Like there was no emotion. You know, and the, and the thing and, and is like you said, I think the better matchup would have been Boston. I definitely know that would have been um, much more notoriety between the two. You know, where Houston, no matter what. They forever got this fucking cheating thing attached to them, no matter what. Right. 
And I see a lot of channels being flipped opposed to if it was Boston and Atlanta, you know, um, man, I just, I, I know. And now that Houston's done what they did now, I can't like, I used to like a two of I used to like Correa, you know, and some of them other guys. And it's just like, now it's like, ugh, you know what I mean? And then there's a possibility of they we might get one or two players coming back, you know, yeah. to the Tigers. So, but I just, like you said, the matchup would have been better the other way. I just don't think it's going to, I don't think people are going to care about it as much as if it was the other two teams playing instead of I, Houston. I agree with that because, I mean, the Houston Astros, they take all of the controversy, put that on the side burner for, for a little bit. The Boston Red Sox is very much a, a piece of the fundamental fabric of Major League Baseball. Like the lineage goes back from, you know, all the way to day one for the American League. Yeah. You know, it was like Boston and Detroit and New York. And I mean, those were the, the charter franchises of the American League. Houston, you know, it's not a major market. And you you combine that with the cheating scandal of 2017 and all the ramifications that they've had to deal with, you know, once all of that shit broke, you know, it, it took a couple of years, but I mean, here we are. I have a feeling that when the Houston comes to play at, at Truist Park in Atlanta, they're going to be booed heavily. Yeah. Because the fan base in Atlanta is underrated you, you know what i'm saying like we have we had the privilege of going to a braves game in atlanta earlier this year and the atmosphere in that stadium rivals that of the chicago cubs it rivals that of um the detroit tigers Be, because they have their own culture the whole tomahawk chop thing when you get 50,000 people doing that 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 tomahawk chop brother I don't care who you are that's going to rattle you as a fan and not necessarily a fan of the Braves you know like a hardcore fan of the Braves because right. I've, I've never been a big Braves fan I have a better appreciation for them now that I had been a part of that of that environment I feel like if Atlanta is going to win this World Series, and I feel like they are, I feel like they, I feel like it's going to go all all seven games, and I <clears throat> I feel like Atlanta is being overlooked, which is dangerous because right. they were the underdog going in against the defending champion Los Angeles Dodgers, and they pulled it out. Um, Atlanta is very dangerous when they are underestimated. And Freddie Freeman, the absolute heart and soul of that franchise, is going to be a big motivator for that team. Yeah. Eddie Rosario, the MVP of the of the NLCS, brother, if if he if he is firing on all all cylinders, he's you're not going to stop him. The team as a whole, as one cohesive unit, is very dangerous, and they should not be 
overlooked. And the two good, the the two variants with that is number one, them ballparks aren't very far apart from each other. Right. Number two, you got good weather either way for the most part. Atlanta's not covered, but it's still in a warmer state. Yeah. Neither one of them had to wait this week-long 10 days for the other team to finish. Right. You know, so it can go either way. However, like you said, don't count out Atlanta because they're not being talked about because it was the same thing with Kansas City a few years ago where they basically were horrible one year and then went and won the World Series the next and and turned the whole team. And they came out of nowhere. Those You talk about those. You talk about Atlanta with that tomahawk chop. The Braves and the Indians of the early 90s and late 90s owned baseball. I mean, them teams, them teams that Atlanta had and Cleveland, I mean, Smolsey, um, help me out here. Um, Blainville, I mean, there's. Lavin. Yeah. Uh, oh, geez. Didn't they, the Kenny David, Law, what's that? David Justice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they in had some houses. Yeah, justice in his prime. Yeah. So I mean, there's, yeah, they've got they've got really good luxury there of like I said, and an environment helps, and I think you're going to have an influx of both fan bases in both ballparks, so it may not be as dominant as one home team to another. So. You, you never know. The, the both places could be rocking with the same amount of fans. Detroit took over Wrigley. Yeah. And that wasn't even a play. That was a midsummer night game. Right. No, because I was, I think we, we talked about this. I listened to, to those games on the radio, and it sounded like by, by the crowd reaction that they were playing at Comerica Park. Yeah. Because there were so many, you know, Tiger fans. Now, yeah. uh, uh, a couple of years before that, I had taken Austin down to Comerica because the Cubs had come to town and there were just as many Chicago fans in there as, as Detroit fans. Now, granted, there's, you know, it's only a handful, you know, less than a handful of hours, you know, be, between the two. Right. It's, it, it's an easy track to and from sh- Chicago to, to Detroit. But like you're saying, I mean, number one, this is the fucking World Series. Right. Like, it's all on the line here. And say what you want, the fan base in Houston, very passionate because they know what kind of stigma that that, that team has. Yeah. But but they're trying to overcompensate that by showing the this diehard level of loyalty to the Astros. Right. But they don't have the kind of culture, in my opinion, and I say that because I am not a Houston fan and I'm not really a huge Atlanta fan either, but like I've experienced what Atlanta Braves baseball is in the city of Atlanta. Right. And it's, it's something to behold, man. It really, it really truly is. Boston, man. I, we got to make that flight sometime and, and take in a game, you know, that it's on the bucket list, man. I would Fenway even go. Park. I would even drive if I got to be the passenger, but you know what I mean. Ride but while, man, while that, I drove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why you scream? Where the fuck are we going? You know. I just, you know, 
it makes me nervous going into a major city like that, like like with Detroit, because I'm driving in and around that city so often. Like I know where I'm going now, right? But <laughs> we drove to to Philly a couple of years ago, and never again. Well. <laughs> I forgot to ask you, did you guys, or maybe I did, did you guys go to the Hershey factory? Is that still a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. That's um, that's a few hours outside of, of Philadelphia. Oh, you guys didn't go? Yes, we did. Oh, you did go. Okay. Yes. I, couldn't re- I, I couldn't remember if you went or not. Yep. We, we, it's, uh, it's Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. Yep. And yes, we did go. And um, we, we took, took the a tour. tour. Yeah. yeah. Yep. See all the little M and M's and shit. Being, it was uh, cool. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, it was. It, it was pretty much what I expected. Right. You know, right. Um, where they have their main factory. Um, on if you look past it, almost like it's on top of a hill, but not really a hill. But uh. You could see the Hershey Park Arena, and I had taken a picture of that and sent it to Jeff because that is the arena that the Mega Powers were formed in when um, Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage did that iconic handshake when they went when Savage had had the guitar busted over his head. Oh by yeah, Monkey Talk Man. Um, so yeah, I took a picture of that building. It's still it's still in use. They still you know use it for a lot of big events, a lot, a lot of concerts go through there and things of that nature. So yeah, we we did make make that trek to to Hershey Park, uh, Pennsylvania, um, along the along the lines of those trips. And then we'll we'll change we'll, we'll change topics here. Like we saw a lot of cool things in Philly. Like you know from a historical standpoint like the you we saw the the iconic bell you, you know what i mean the 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 liberty bell we saw the house that you know a part a portion of the declaration of independence was written in and signed and like there's all these you know colonial iconic landmarks there um then we went and saw the Phillies play right. in their own, in, in their home arena or their home stadium, right across. And it's in a field, but yeah. it's, it's on the outskirts of of the city, and it's like in the middle of nowhere. You're you're like, where the hell is this thing? And then all of a sudden, you just kind of there it is. Awesome. Have, yeah, it was very cool. And they have a very cool, very nice ballpark. Um, they had the baseball, you know, stadium on one side, and across the way is where the Eagles play. Oh. So, you know, it's very cool, very well done, very well laid out, very easy to get in and out of. So that's always nice. Is that right? Um, is that right on the border of New Jersey? Or wait, no, um, that's not East Rutherford. Is that isn't that where the Eagles play? No, that's where the Jets and the Giants play. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. But there was, you could see from parts of of Philly, you can see kind of like in in the very, very distance, you can see the skyline for for New Jersey. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Uh, But I got to tell you, of, of all the cool shit that we did see, the two things that really were 
on my on my most favorite parts of it was we saw the Rocky statue. Yeah. And we got to run up those iconic steps. Austin and I did. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. And we went and saw where parts of Rocky one and two were filmed in, in, in the house that Rocky lived in, in those first movies. Oh, wow. And you wouldn't, it's, it's in a real shit area, real shitty neighborhood. (laughs) Um, but you, you, you go through the kind of like these back streets and shit like that. And boom, there, there it is. Yeah. And out front and stuff. There was there wasn't anybody outside, but I got no. out to I, I got out to to take pictures of it because I was I was a little bit nervous because I, I don't want anybody running out. What are you taking pictures of my house for? <laughs> <laughs> Easy, I'm just a visitor. <laughs> the only thing that I didn't see while we were there and I wanted to was um, the bingo hall, where where Extreme Championship Wrestling was run out of. The 2300 arena, they call it now. We didn't make it over to that part of, of the city, but um, maybe next time. We'll see. Right on. Right on. Well, I know we're finally making it. We're almost into November. So the big question is, pull out any more Christmas stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nothing that's hung out. If that's no, what you're but, but, so, but okay, nothing that's hung out. So that that's we're rewinding. So that does mean you did pull something out. It's just not hung up. The totes are out. The totes are out. <laughs> uh, where are we? October twenty fifth. Okay. And then one other thing. That is a big ass bird behind you. What is that? <laughs> that is, you know, an what? egret. A goose? I think it's a crane. Oh, it's a crane. A whooping crane? It is uh, carved out of wood. I see. It's not mine. Oh, I, I you put a beak on that thing. You can stab somebody. It looks just like you. Listen, what an asshole. No, I this meant is... not the beak. I meant the bald white head. Look, I, I broke it. Oh, uh, it... <laughs> what did you do? Um, it felt I was we okay. So you know we have this extra re, re, refrigerator out here, right? Yeah. So I was cleaning it out because we we're gonna move it upstairs to put it in the kitchen and move the one in the kitchen down here into the garage. And I didn't realize it was as close to the shelf, and it got knocked and it fell off. And I yeah, I don't know where the son of a bitch came from. Like it's been here for. 10 years now or whatever <laughs> um just, i don't think i've ever noticed it and like how did it get all the way to the front of the garage or the back of the garage i moved it when i realized it fell oh. <laughs> I, I have to i have to get the the super glue and glue his beak back together and so maybe the people that had the house before you left it is that what you're saying no it's carries oh because i, I, I know I know there are those weird cranes that fly over and shit, so I didn't know if the neighbors, or they had them in the yard to keep them away. No, um, I believe it's Carrie's. I think it was her grandfather's, actually. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt bad when 
when it fell and the beak broke off. So I got to kind of glue that back together. You better JB weld that shit back. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, it is what it is. I'm not a fan of it, but I'm sure it, I'm sure it has some sort of significant importance. So I'll, I'll glue it back together. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see the finished product. <laughs> this son of a bitch is going to be upside down. <laughs> is, that, is his lips upside down? They don't have lips. <laughs> um, we uh, switching gears real quick. Um, did you happen to catch any of the Crown Jewel pay-per-view from WWE that took place in Saudi Arabia? Because I thought about you while, while I was watching this thing at work. And I'll tell um, you what. I did. I'm trying to think of when I fell asleep. When was that? Friday? That was last Thursday. I did because I fell asleep because I had to get up and go hunting the next month. How far did I get? I can't even. I think. Who was after Styles and um, um, Orton and them? Uh, I don't remember what the exact rundown was. I watched it all. I watched it at work. Actually, I didn't watch it live on, on while it, while it was airing. I watched it while I was at work, and I got up to the main event: uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Um, I, you know, it may have been Big E's match, Big E and uh, Drew McIntyre. Yep. That's when for, I dozed off just because I yeah, and the. the uh, I watched a replay. I, I I had to have watched it. It had to have been Friday night I watched it because I did not watch it when it was being aired. I just couldn't make it. Right. So, yeah. Um, I thought... I, I don't think I saw the finish, but Reigns and Brock got spoiled for me, so I, didn't ever, I ended up not going. And I, I tried to stay away from it, although I kind of figured it's what was going to happen, but I stayed away, but then eventually I saw the spoiler anyway, and I never went back and watched it. Yeah, I I still have not watched the match as well. Like, I know Roman Reigns is still the Universal Champion. I don't know how the match ended. I have not watched that match yet. I haven't watched SmackDown. Yeah, I DVR'd it because I was at ONTV when when it was on. So I haven't actually watched that match yet. But I got to tell you this, man. Like these these Saudi Arabia shows in the past, I mean they've had like a couple of highlights through throughout them, um, good and bad for 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 that matter. Um, you had made mention last week when we were talking about this thing in kind of like a preview that you know the Saudi Arabian fans weren't really vocal or things like that, and that's one thing that I really took away from watching this thing is that man they were fucking on fire for this show. Sounds I, like, and I'll probably catch shit for this, but well, it sounds no, like, sound like shit was piped in. A lot of it was because, and 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 this is not that. that I, and this, I don't want to come off as an asshole here, but the English isn't that good to hear that clearly, and that's just because it's another country and another. You know what I mean? They're yeah. ex, but you can you can you. I'm oh, sorry about that. You could hear it was too clear. Like you could tell it was a packed arena. Like, but I was watching and I wanted to come when we, we, we started talking about Crown Jewel. 
I did notice they were in a lot more than I think they'd ever been. So I don't understand the the need for piping the noise unless storylines weren't being followed for them to know when to pop, when not to kind of pop. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I and I can see that. Um, see, when when I was watching it, I had my 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 earbuds in, so I mean, like the sound is going right in in right. my ear holes, right? So. Um, you can hear things a lot clearer when you have that kind of audio that close to your eardrums. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of things with that. Number one, on, on, on the shots from the ringside cameraman, I can hear them calling the spots, which was really fucking weird. And because you don't hear that if you're watching it on TV. Right. You know what I mean? But because that audio was so close to my eardrums, I could I could hear them calling the the their spots when they were on the camera that was like right at ringside. Right. Okay. That's that's number one. Two. Um, I could tell when there was some of the audio that was being piped in. There were other other instances like with some of the chants. I'm like, wow. And like you said, man, they they're they're coming in so clear. But then they would put the camera on the crowd, and you could see that they were mouthing that they were saying what they were saying. Right, right. And I and I kind of feel like, man, when when they're chanting like that, it's because we know what what they're supposed to be saying. But it's like I kind of likened it to like any kind of British mu- musician. Like when they sing, they sound like us. They sound right, like, right, right, like Americans. But when they're talking, they, they you know they have the very thick accent. Like Elton John is a perfect example of this. Elton John, when you hear him talk, he's very I mean, you can tell he's very much British. But when he's singing, you wouldn't know he was yeah, British. Yeah, and it makes a lot more sense too, because even the guy from like The Walking Dead, I think he was Australian or some shit like that. But he, he could hold that American accent perfectly, like you wouldn't even be able to tell. So yeah, and and I could tell there was a lot more excitement from the fans watching it. I I did keep an eye on that, especially after we talked about it. It's just like, and I have, I have turtle beach headphones for my PlayStation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I could hear some of it and it was like, it almost sounded too clear. Like, and I mean, I get it, you know, but it's just like, let them, let them be, let, let them be them, you know? Yeah. Um, listen, that show from top to, like I said, I watched it all up until like I had to, I had to turn it off when, uh, Roman was walking to the ring for the main event because I was near, near the end of, of my shift. Um, there wasn't a bad match on that card. Edge Rollins. Holy fuck. I was just going to say, my God, that opened with the hell in the cell, Edge and Rollins. Dave Meltzer gave it like four and three quarter stars out of five. No, fuck you, Dave Meltzer. That was a five star match. There is nothing that went wrong in that match. That is what that that may have been my favorite hell in the cell match I have ever seen. And that rivals Taker and Michaels, Taker and Foley. Um 
the the first women's match that they had, like what was it, Sasha and Charlotte? The, the thing though, but with with Edge and Rollins, you know, size wise, they're not a whole hell of a lot of difference there. You know, so that match is going to be nice and snug, nice and clean. But then they kicked it into overdrive. And it was even like you say, you know, it's just so much better. I was really, I was really, I I enjoyed the match thoroughly. I enjoyed the whole show. I really really liked it. There was not, um, there really wasn't, even, even the Lashley and Goldberg, like i like I cringe whenever Goldberg wrestles anymore, but that was a decent match. I didn't care for the for the ending of it, but it is what it is. But for what it was, that was probably the best outing that Bill Goldberg has had since coming back to to WWE. And that includes all of his matches with Lesnar, the match that he had with Dolph Ziggler. The th- you know this that was a that was a decent match. I figured, and I, right, I figured it was going to push Bobby backwards, but it didn't. He did really well with Goldberg, like, because Bobby's a, he's a big boy too, like, you know, so stuff can be not as crisp, but he's huge, so it's not always going to be because he's a powerful son of a bitch. Right. However, like you said, it handled Goldberg just fine. I, I mean... That was that was pretty. Decent. I just don't like that storyline. I, but I like that you know that it went down. I just didn't. Anyhow, moving along. It's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope they. I still hope Bobby goes in the right direction because I, I, I've become a big fan of his this year and you know last. So I think it's a, it's a it was a brilliant move to put the hurt business back together. It gives Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander something meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know really what the story with MVP ha- is. You know, if he's, you know, if he needed time off from the road because of a, of a legit in- injury or wh- whatever. You know, we've talked about this before. MVP is part of that package. You know, that yeah. in my opinion, he was a crucial part in the success of Bobby Lashley as the WWE champion. Um, if he's, if he can't be there, okay, I get it. Putting the hurt business back together was brilliant. Um, I kind of feel like they need to add a fourth guy if they're not going to bring Porter back in. And I think the only guy that really could really benefit from being in that group, that's, I mean, he's got talent, but I can't, I'm not a fan of his because he's just so vanilla to, you know, to me, that's, that's ricochet. I think Ricochet could do a lot of cool shit if he was part of 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 that faction. Just my opinion. I haven't uh, really caught him in action too much recently. No, I mean it's 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 your typical high spot match. Yeah, you know a lot of flips, a lot of you know he's very talented. I'm not saying that he's not talented, but he's he's. There's no substance to it. It's all high spots, and I, I that's not my my cup, cup of tea. tea. <laughs> Rip uh, shot. Yeah. Bing bing. I thought, for all intents and purposes, Crown Jewel was 
it, it was their best outing that they've had in Saudi Arabia, for sure. Yeah, just my opinion. And keeping the title on Roman Reigns had to happen. Had to happen. Just my yeah. opinion. You don't share my my sentiment. I can tell. I don't, by the I don't have an opinion one way or another because it don't matter. Listen, you need to recognize and acknowledge your tribal chief. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Good for him, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's finally where he needs to be. Yeah. And he's been accepted as such. And I dig him. I like it took me a while to get to that point, but I'm I'm all in on this head of the table gimmick. I Who's love it. Who's going to be the one? I don't know. I don't think... Uh, I don't think they've... They've decided yet. And no, but I mean... Just throw a name... Just throw a name out there. You know who I would like to see? Come in and, and, and take them out? And I... And I realized that they, they worked an angle last year and and it by and large helped to solidify Roman Reigns in, in where he's at right now. But a guy that I really wish that they would put the rocket on is Kevin Owens. Yeah. Kevin Owens is so entertaining. Like, I just dig that guy. And I would love to see him do something. I would love to, to see them push him. And if it's not against Roman Reigns, have them feud with um, with Big E. Give we, give this man a, a legit world title run because he has certainly have, earned it. It would have to be a super baby to fucking take out Roman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he he could he's a better heel. Don't I'm not saying that, but I feel like he could be that anti-authority guy that 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 the people could rally behind. Yeah, um, you don't have to have. What was I gonna? You don't have to have that underdog situation again because you had it with uh, um, um, Daniel Bryan. You know what I mean? So coming back to that route so soon, I, I, but like you said, they, I, I think it would take a super baby strap the rocket to him, and kind of out of nowhere, but not really an underdog, if that makes sense. I you feel know? like no, no matter who you put in there with Reigns, he's because Reigns is so over right now. He's gonna be an underdog. I get you. Yeah, yeah, I get um, you. So I kind of feel like. I don't know if you wanted to pull a swerve. If I was Vince McMahon, I would um, I would open up the checkbook and the booking book and slide it over to Bray Wyatt and tell him to make his own deal. Bring the fiend back and yep. him knock off Roman Reigns and just let that guy roll. Yep, that would. Yep, that's a good. That's a very good observation. I agree with that. And that would be the super ultra baby with the dark side. Right. There's a lot of meat on that bone. Right. No. You're right. 
we could sit here. We 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 could sit here for hours and fantasy book. You know. <laughs> I know, but no, but I mean, you know, as far as really getting. See, I would even go so far as, well, if this would be unpopular, but if he was there, it would be Malachi Black, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I and I, I mean, I, I could see that, but I never looked at him as a world champion type of guy. Just because, and it could be because of the way he was booked, the way he was handled. And, and I get the gimmick. I I appreciate it for what it is. I think he is where he needs to be and where he will truly flourish now now that he's in all elite wrestling but i don't know yeah bray white would be the best choice of that but for sure yes i mean you could look up and down different rosters on different promotions you know and and while there's a lot of good candidates across all, all the boards there bray wyatt would be the the one that would make sense the most and turn the world upside down the eater of worlds would turn it the world upside down. Yeah. You know? It's a good call, T. Well, you, I try. You should tweet that out. Well, I am wearing my uh, my Bray Wyatt Fiend shirt today. That is awesome because I got to <laughs> tell you, I was so looking forward to the Southern Belt. I know you were. I know you were. Our, oh my our goodness good gracious, Tanner poor Lacey Evans gets no respect. <laughs> oh, funny. Man. Anything else on your mind this week? No, not really. All right. Not All much. Right. <laughs> well, I'm sure by, you know, this, this time next week we'll have a lot more things going on, a lot more things talking about the world. What? The Lions almost pulled it off, but not quite against Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Boy, I had shades and I had flashbacks of Scott Mitchell throwing interceptions at the last minute. Well, we appreciate you tuning in this week. And, <laughs> and this is rivalry, rivalry week. Rivalry week. Yeah, we got, all right, we have to talk about this. Do we? Yeah, because, I mean, we're 50 minutes into this thing, and we didn't even touch on that yet. All right, right. here we go. Here we go. Go on. Go blue. That's all we need to go. All right, folks, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Even though Jason could not almost make it, and he was pushing it back, we finally got him in the studio, sat down, strapped in. What are you talking about right and now? And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Biatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I lost you. We're having technical difficulties. What are you, what are you doing right now? Oh, Did boy. You... Oh, there he is. Damn Jeez. it. I'm sorry I found it. <laughs> Number one. What? Go green. Go green. Okay. Your ass sucks canal water. <laughs> it's gonna be a good game, man. Yes, it is. First it's time too bad that the green and white are not gonna be on the good end of it. Well, we'll have to wait and see how all the cookie crumbles, as they yeah, say. Yeah, I think we all know, baby. It's not a foregone conclusion. 
It's yeah. not not this year. Brother, Michigan State Spartans have come out of fucking nowhere. And, you know, the fact that both of these teams are in the top 10, the fact that both of these teams are undefeated at 7-0, sets the stage for one of the most crucial matchups in the history of this rivalry. And it's probably going to be cold raining in about 45 degrees. Yep. Yep, this is going to separate the men <laughs> from the boys, as they say. Um, I'm looking forward to a good game. I'm looking forward to a close game. Yeah. Um, look, I am not a Michigan fan, but I appreciate them for what they are. Um, I am obviously unapologetically a Spartan fan. I have been my whole life. Um, I just, it's this is going. This has set this has set the stage. This could be the 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 game of the weekend across. Oh, yeah. Across all sport genre. Just my opinion. Yeah. Well, the opinion is go blue. Yeah, okay. Well. All right. That's all we got. <laughs> we appreciate everybody tuning in this uh, tuning in this week and listening to Jim's barrage of bullshit and uh, me trying to keep things on the rails and uh... which never happened by the way. <laughs> oh, we do the best we can with what we got to work with. But yeah, the so-called ignorant amount of time, which we barely have any. But hey, you know. I guess I should probably change the open to the show. But I really that I really enjoyed the whole laughing at at the end of it, and I don't know where that audio file is, and that's why I haven't changed it because I really liked that at the at the end of the open. It's probably when somebody bent over and it was like, you know what I mean? So that, that would just took off from there. <laughs> oh, goodness. <clears throat> All right. For Jim Burgett, I'm Jason Klaus. We will see you next Thursday morning, beginning at 1 a.m. with a brand new episode of Tea Time. See ya! The Holidays. A time to celebrate with friends, with family. A time to look back on a year that was. And a hope for a new beginning. So we invite you to join the superstars of the Michigan Wrestling Organization for its own holiday tradition. The Slams. The Action. The unpredictability. Join us as we bring to you our holiday tradition as the Michigan Wrestling Organization presents Christmas Clash and you can see it live Saturday, December the 11th beginning at 6.05pm exclusively on Orion Neighborhood Television.